once again, we welcome everyone today. Thanks for joining us. Those of you watching online, thanks for being a part of our services today. This is a bittersweet day because this is the day that we say goodbye or sort of goodbye to somebody who's very special to us, an entire family. Pastor Nick Smith has had a door open. God has opened a door and called him to become the pastor of a church in Tehachapi, California. And this is Nick and Jessica's last weekend with us. And Nick, they're, they're clapping for you. They're not clapping because you're leaving. They're clapping for you, just so you know. But I asked Pastor Nick to come and share today, and he shared first service, a short version. We're going to get the full version this service. A great word, a great message that will really touch your heart. So if you would, put your hands together. Welcome Pastor Nick Smith to share today. Well, good morning, church. Hey, first off, it's great to be with you. I think it's been four or five weeks since I've been here on a Sunday. Um, I actually have already started being a lead pastor in a Christian Life Assembly in Tehachapi, California, so it's great to be with you today. Uh, I want to say a very special thank you to Pastor Gary and Ann for extending uh, the opportunity for us to, to, to be able to go, to have this transition time, to be really flexible with us, so thank you so much for that. All right, I want to start off with a question today. How many of you would admit that you are a terrible speller. I mean, we live in a world now where there's like autocorrect or like autofill and it just kind of does it for you and it kind of does the work that you do. But sometimes there are words that like you probably really should know how to spell, right? If I were to ask uh, a few volunteers to come on stage, which I won't, but here's what I'm gonna do. Turn to the person next to you we're going to do a little quick spelling bee. This is a biblical spelling bee. Turn to the person next to you, and if you think you know how to spell Ecclesiastes, raise your hand. If you think you know how to spell Haggai, raise your hand. What about Habakkuk? All right, we're going to the bonus round. Ichabod. Dionysius and Methbesheth. How many of you think you know how to spell all those words? <laughs> One person. Hey, there are some words in life that you really should know how to spell. The word doesn't have to be complicated, but there are words that you really should know how to spell. Today, I want to talk about a word that's actually very easy to spell. The tricky part of it is there's a lot of ways to spell this one word. The word is faith. The word is faith. In Hebrews 11:6, it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So two things right off the bat. It's impossible to be saved without faith. Secondly, it's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God. One of the first ways that I am going to spell faith today is faith is spelled G-O, go. In Genesis 12, verse 1, the Lord had said to Abram, 
Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. There's this guy named Abraham. He's being tasked by God to leave everything that he knows. He tells him to leave his country. He tells him to leave his culture. He tells him to leave his community. He's asking him to get uncomfortable. Several weeks ago, the Lord spoke into into our hearts that it was a season that we were gonna get uncomfortable and that God was gonna ask us to move on, to move on from this great culture This amazing community, this amazing church, our friends, our our family, people that we do life with. And I just want to say first and foremost, it's been an honor, an honor to be a part of the Bridge Church for what God is doing here and what God will continue to do. It's been an honor to be here. Whenever somebody leaves, questions start to get asked. So imagine you're Abram, and he's heard from God, hey, you're going to go. Go to this country. You're going to leave everything you know and go. So here's what happens. People start saying, well, why are you leaving? And he's like, because God told me to. Where are you going? God hasn't told me yet. Um, Which direction are you going? North, south, east, west? Wherever God says to go, that's where I'm going. You see, when God says to go, in your life, when he tells you to go, he's putting you in a test. And the reason he's putting you in a test is because he's trying to grow your faith. He's trying to help you learn reliance, to rely upon him. Because you can't do it on your own. God has a specific will for your life, a purpose and a plan for you. And he wants to send you out. The next thing that you need to understand is that whenever God takes you from something in life, He's also taking you towards something in life. Whenever God takes you from something, he's taking you towards something. In my pocket, I have a set of keys. I got three keys on here. This is a key to the bridge. This is a key to my mailbox. This is a key to my home. When God asked us to go, he asked us to lay it down, but he took us towards something. And these hands are keys to Christian Life Assembly in Tehachapi, California. They're keys to our future. When God asks you to do something, he may ask you to give up something, but he's taking you towards something. You say, oh, I want that, I want that. But are you willing to give up this? Are you willing to give up what he's asked you to do? The next way we wanna spell faith is faith is spelled trust. 1 Corinthians 2, 5. So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Our faith isn't based on our own strength or our own intellect or our own abilities or talents. 
You see, our faith is based on God's power and God's might. Our faith is not in ourselves, it's in God. You see, when you realize that you can't control anything, then you place trust, complete trust and faith in God. I want you to imagine um, maybe back when you were like four years old, maybe a parent or an older brother or somebody, they had you standing on the side of the pool and they're like, jump, jump into my arms, jump into my arms, I'm gonna catch you. And the kid at first is kind of like, huh? Like, this is a little bit scary. You know, that's a long ways down. But then they're like, I'm gonna catch you, I'm gonna catch you. So even though it's a little bit scary, but it's also a little bit thrilling, exciting. The kid goes, and you catch them. And that trust is established. You see, God wants us to be able to jump into his arms and know that he is going to catch us always. Now imagine the same kid, four years old, the, the, you know, the parent is in there, hey, catch me, catch me, or I'm gonna catch you. And, and the kid's like, well, is the water cold? Um, you know, I didn't put sunscreen on today. Or, you know, I, I didn't put my floaties on. And God's just saying, just jump. Jump, I'm gonna catch you. I'm gonna catch you. As adults, we, 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 we take it a step further and we'll be like, you know, well, I don't wanna mess up my hair, God. I don't wanna mess up my makeup. I don't want to get wet. God's just saying, jump. Now imagine God says, why won't you jump? And your real response is because I'm scared. And God's saying, why are you scared? Haven't I always caught you? And based upon that, we jump and allow God to catch us. When God says jump, it might be scary, but it should also be exciting. For some of you in the room today, maybe God is saying jump into being a foster parent or to adopt. Maybe God is saying jump into college or jump into a new career or jump into a business venture. You see, trust in God doesn't mean that you're not scared. I don't want you to mistake that. Trust in God doesn't mean that you don't have fear, but what it does mean is that your faith in God is bigger than your fear. Your faith in God's power is bigger than your fear. God is asking some of you in this room to jump. And I'm gonna catch you, just as I always have. In this transition for my family, there's been so many things, so many details to work out. A, a job for my wife, selling a house. By the way, if you're looking for a house, we have a great one that you could purchase. It has a pool and a spa, and there's an open house today. That is not a joke, okay? <laughs> but all kinds of things, school for our kids, and where are we gonna live, all these things. And, I, and even, even before, like, we officially had the job and everything, we were trying to figure all this stuff out, like driving ourselves insane, trying to figure out all the details, right? And then it's just like God's saying, just jump. Just take the first step. And after you take the first step, then I'll show you the next step. 
Some of you just need to hear that. You're trying to figure out everything that God's saying. Take the first step. Take the first jump. Several weeks ago when we were talking to our our children about the possibility of, of going to a new church, and when I was telling them that there's this church that has asked us to become, be their lead pastors. As a dad, you don't quite know how are your kids gonna handle that type of news and, and whatnot. It means a lot of change. And um, I was blown away by what my eight-year-old daughter said. When we said, they've asked us to come be their lead pastors. My daughter said, we should do it. Just like that, I kid you not, my wife and I start tearing up. Like, well, why would you just say, just do it? She's like, Dad, you have wanted this since you were 12 years old. This is a dream in your heart that God has placed there. And Dad, if we don't give God this opportunity, how's he gonna do it? The trust of a child. Some of us need to learn to have trust like that again. And trust what God is asking you to do, what he's calling you to do, where he's calling you to go. When is the last time you jumped into your heavenly father's arms and he just caught you? Faith is spelled hope. Hebrews 11.1 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That word confidence, it's a construction term. It literally means a substructure or a foundation or a setting. So our hope is built in the assurance, which is the evidence that God has already done in our life. When it says that word hope, it doesn't doesn't mean just like, hey, you're waiting around. No, it means to wait with joy and confidence. When we have hope, we're waiting with joy and confidence and we're believing in. Now listen, a very simple illustration. I can't see the wind outside, but I can feel it when it touches my face. I can see the clouds moving because of it. There are things in your life that you're gonna have to learn just to have faith in and have hope in. You may not be able to see it with your physical eye, but God's still doing something. He's still carrying you somewhere. The word assurance, it means evidence. God has an amazing track record. He's never lost. In the Bible, we see God turn a sea into a highway. In the Bible, we see God take a kid's lunch pail and turn it into a feast for 5,000 plus people. We have a God that shuts the mouth of lions to protect us. God has an incredible track record. There's evidence of it all throughout the Bible. You know, they say that the human body has five main senses, our sight, our smell, our hearing, our taste, our touch. I'd like to throw this at you today. Faith is a spiritual sense. Faith is a spiritual sense. It gives us the evidence of the invisible, the spiritual world. Faith is the eye of our spiritual body. It allows us to find hope, and rely on the fact that God is working even when my physical eyes can't see it. God is working even when my eyes can't see it. You know, God, when he asks us to do big things, 
steps of faith, he's often light on the details. You ever found that out? God's like, go. You're like, okay, but what about this, this, and this, and that? God's saying, go. Well, I don't, like, what do I do next? Go. You see, if God gave you all the details right now, then that means you don't have to have faith in God, that you don't have to rely on his power. That means you're gonna try to figure it out on your own and then you'll screw it up. Have faith in God and where he is leading you. The next way that we can spell faith is endurance. Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Any of you ever felt weary before? Tired, exhausted? I'm coming through a season right now where I have felt weary, tired, and exhausted. On the weekends, I've been driving three hours one way to my new church and also working here throughout the week and working there virtually and doing staff meetings and things and doing all kinds of random stuff, coaching two basketball teams, being a husband, being a dad, all these things, trying to sell a house, prepare a house. By the way, selling a house is terrible, people. (laughs) Trying to keep your house that clean, you just can't even live in it, right? Like you just... There are certain things in life that you shouldn't give up on. What do I mean by that? Let's say this. You shouldn't give up on trying to potty train your child. That's an important lesson that they need to learn. In our household, like we have gone to some lengths in this. We're still in the process. We're like, we will carry a potty with us just in case somebody's got to go. But we do this so that we can see the other side of this where Woohoo, no more diapers. Right? There are some things in life that, that God may put in you, but you have to take some steps. Maybe God has put a brilliant idea for a new business or a product in your mind, but you're trying to get it out to market. And what happens is maybe you've come up against some obstacles or challenges or financing or whatever it is, and you're on the edge of giving up. If you give up, you will never see it succeed. For some of you, maybe you have been praying for a spouse or maybe you've been praying for a child, praying for a breakthrough, maybe a breakthrough in relationship or a breakthrough with with, uh, an addiction, whatever it may be, You're, you're, you're praying for them and you're believing for it. But I just wanna encourage you not to give up. Don't give up. Because if you give up, you never see the harvest. You see, it says the proper time belongs to the Lord. God has perfect timing. In the Old Testament, there's this guy named Abraham. God said, you're gonna be a great nation. I'm gonna bless everybody through you. And Abraham's like, I don't got any kids. God's like, you're gonna have a kid. But he has to wait decades before this happens. There's this young boy, his name is David. God anoints him as a child to be the king, but it's decades later before he becomes the king. Sometimes there's, there's this waiting time in the in-between. And, and, and you need to remember not to give up. Don't give up, because if you give up, you will never see the harvest. The harvest is what you're waiting for. 
there's this important little word that says, if. If you don't give up. If you don't give up. There's a word right here for somebody. You want to give up. I'm telling you right now, do not give up. God's not done yet. God is not done yet. Do not give up. I got a hug from a family this morning. I cannot go into the details. It was a give up situation. And they did not. And their marriage has been restored. Do not give up. Do not give up. God's not done yet. How many of us have missed answers to prayers because we gave up? Because we gave up praying for that person or gave up believing for that miracle. We gave up trying. Do not give up. The next way that that we're going to spell the word faith is R-I-S-K, risk. When I was a child, my pastor, Bob Johnson, in Bakersfield, California, preached a sermon, faith is spelled risk. I cannot tell you the scriptures he used, any of his points, but I remember that one line 30 years later. I had the honor to be at his memorial, and I kid you not, at least 10 different people who got up to speak that day all referenced that one message. Faith is spelled risk. There's a very thin line between faith and foolishness. There's a very thin line between faith and foolishness. It would be foolish if you jumped off a cliff and said, God, catch me. Well, did God tell you to jump off the cliff? Then why would he catch you, right? Like there's, there's, there's this thing like faith and foolishness kind of is this really kind of close line, but here's the difference. That thin line is the voice of God. You have faith when it's the voice of God. There's a story about this um, tightrope walker. This is in the 1800s, and he, he's a, a tightrope walker in Paris. And so he would set up, and he would do these shows, and, and he would get up, and, and he would walk this tightrope, and he had his little stick, and he would walk across the rope, and everybody would, oh, ah. He would get to the other side. He'd take a blindfold out. He'd do the same thing back. Everybody's like, oh my goodness, how is he doing? This is incredible. And then his last act, still blindfolded. He takes a wheelbarrow on that line and slowly walks the line. I can barely do it and I got my eyes open. There's this American promoter who hears about this guy pushing this wheelbarrow blindfolded. He sends a a note to him and he says, I've heard that you can do it. I don't believe that you can do it, but I believe there's an opportunity to make a lot of money. So I'm gonna pay you a lot of money and I want you to come to America and I'm gonna have you do your act over the Niagara Falls. 
This guy responds and, and he goes, you know, I have no idea what the Niagara Falls is, but I'm coming. So months of setup and preparation and selling tickets and getting, you know, all these people there and the day comes and, and this guy, he, he first, he walks across, you know, and, and everyone, oh, that's amazing. Wow, that's so incredible. And then he goes to the second act and he does it blindfolded over Niagara Falls and he goes across and wow, everyone's cheering. That's amazing. He gets to the side and the promoter's right there and he asks the promoter a question. Do you believe I can do this? And the promoter says, yeah, I believe you can do it. I, I do believe, and he's like, and he asks him again, no, do you believe that I can do this? I just saw you do it. Of course I believe that you can do it. Then he asks him one more time, do you believe that I can do it? Yes, I believe that you can do it. Get in the wheelbarrow. (laughs) Church, do we believe what God did in the Bible is true? Do we believe that the miracles that, that he did are still available to us? Is it something that we just say that we believe in? Or is it something that we're willing to take a risk and that we're willing to jump in and do it? You see, it's one thing to mentally say, I believe in it, I've read about it. It's another thing to jump in. You see, we've got to shift in our mindset and say, God, I'm willing to take the risk because I know you're in it. So what's the risk that you need to take? What do you need to have faith for? I can tell you from my family, it was to go. And we love this place. We love our community here, our friends here. We love the team that we get to work with. We love our pastors. But God said it's time to take a risk. It's not easy. It's the hardest decision we've ever had to make. But God has said, I want you to go build a new bridge. Got this great place in Tehachapi. They don't know it yet, but that church is about to explode with life. James 1, 17 says, in the same way, faith by itself if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Church, if you're not taking an action step, then your faith is dead. Take the first step, and God will reveal the next As I get ready to wrap up today, for some of you, the faith is to go and remember that God 
won't take you from something without taking you towards something. For some of you, you need to spell faith as a trust and remember that God will catch you. For some of you in the room, you need to spell faith as in hope. Use your spiritual eyes to see that God is working. For some of you, faith needs to be spelled endurance, which means don't quit before you see the harvest. You're so close. And for some of us, we need to spell faith as in risk, taking an action step. Perhaps you're here today and you've never given your heart to the Lord. There's another way to spell faith, which is believe. That's the first step, believe. What does that mean? That means that you believe that Jesus is a savior, that you know that you're a sinner in need of a savior. And when you believe, you're asking him to come into your life and you're agreeing to follow him for the rest of your life. So here's how I'd like to close today. We're gonna say a prayer together. And if you wouldn't mind all saying it together and as we say it together, it's because we're a family. It's because we're a community and nobody's alone here. There may be somebody sitting next to you or close to you that this is the first time they'll ever have said a prayer like this. And so let's say it together in confidence. Lord, I need you. I am a sinner. I need a savior. I believe in you. I give my life to you. I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just said that prayer, let me be the first person to welcome you into the family of God. Can we thank Pastor Nick for that message this morning? And I just want to say one thing. We need to be hearers of the word and we need to be doers of the word. So take that word to heart today and what spoke to you, put it to work in your life. I said earlier, this is a a bittersweet day because for four years now, Nick and Jessica and their kids have been a part of our church and they have made such a mark on our lives and on our church. We love them. And I'm going to ask Jessica and the kids to come on up and join us. We just want to express our appreciation to them. When Nick came here four years ago, we'd had several conversations before he came on staff, and he told me it was in his heart to be a lead pastor someday. So I prayed about it, and I felt this is a good fit, that Nick needed to come be a part of us. He's added so much to our church as our Connect pastor. It's also given him a different setting to work in, to see a different model of church. But I asked him when he came, I said, if you would, I need a three-year commitment. I need one year for you to learn the church and the people, and then two years to serve. And as God opens the door, we will help you move forward to the best of our ability. Nick's given us four years, but back about, I don't know, three or four months ago now, uh, God had already stirred their hearts, but a door began to open, and they walked out the process, and they're now the pastors there in Tehachapi, California. And we're so proud 
of what God has done for them and where God's taken them to. And you know, there's a big difference between sending somebody away and sending somebody out. We're not sending them away. They're still a part of us relationally. But we're sending them out to do God's work, to take what he shared this morning and to teach this to another church. So we're so proud of them. And so what we want to do today right now, we want to just take a minute and we want to pray for them as a family. We want you to join with us because I'm convinced when we pray for someone, the more people who pray, the more weight it carries. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. In other words, your prayers are just as important as my prayers. So as our pastors join us today, I want you to just stretch out your hand towards Nick and Jessica and their family, and let's pray over them today. Father, we love you today, and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for the anointing you've placed on Nick's life. We thank you for the calling you've given him and Jessica as well. We thank you for the way they've been a blessing to us the past several years. And now we release them to pursue your will and to go build a great church in Tehachapi, California. Father, we ask for grace to be upon them, that you would provide for them on every turn, everywhere they look, they see your hand at work. I pray that there would be peace and provision for their family. I pray that all the questions they have would be answered as they take these steps of faith. And Father, I thank you that we're going to hear reports of victory, the great things you're going to do in that church in the future because of their obedience to your will. We ask your hand to be upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask Nick and Jessica both to share. And uh, Jessica has been an amazing part of our worship team. She's added so much. Give her a good hand this morning. Her passion for God, her passion for worship has been amazing. And Nick, I want to give you just a, a little appreci- a, a little, just a little token of our appreciation. Something you can take with you to put in your office or wherever you choose to, re- to remember us. Don't forget about the Ridge Church. I will not. Because we want you to know we appreciate all you've done for us. And Jessica, for you as well, you've been a blessing on every hand. For these kiddos, these are precious kids. Uh, Dominic, just a few weeks after they came here, Dominic asked his dad, Dad, do you think I could be a pastor at the bridge someday? So uh, Nick and Jessica can't come back, but Dominic can. We're going to leave the door open for him to come join us. (laughs) I'll set this here out of your way. We want to hear from you guys today. We love you. We love you. You have been our family. Walked through lots of life with us from having that little guy in the middle of COVID to some tragedies in my life and in our family. And we've done a lot of life with you. And we love you so much. And what we're doing right now is just being obedient to the Lord. And that's the only way we can describe it. But I would rather be in the will of God than anywhere else. Because that's the best place to be. And this place, the bridge, is home. And it's an amazing place where God is doing amazing things. And so 
my prayer is that the bridge would continue not only to be that, but that you would get involved and that you would be part of that journey here at the bridge because these people behind me are irreplaceable. And the people that I serve with on this platform each and every week are irreplaceable. And it's just a gift, a gift to be part of this place. So we love you. We love you a lot and we appreciate you. We appreciate pastors Ann and Gary very much, more than we could even put into words. Um, I want to say just a, a few things. I'm so grateful for community care. They're kind of unseen heroes. They do so much, and I've been, it's been a privilege to be a part of community care. And great things are in store for community care, and it's, things are in the works, and we're super excited about that. Um, our connect group leaders, thank you for those of you that have opened up your homes and answered the call to speak into people's lives. Uh, thank you for School of Ministry. Uh, that, that was a dream uh, of mine and, and Pastor Corey to get that off the ground and, and just to see that, hey, it's in year three now. That's incredible. And just want to say thank you for, for everybody, for, for who you are, for my serving teams. Hey, this church doesn't exist without you. So thank you for giving of yourselves. I want to say to the staff, we love you. To Pastor Gary and Ann, we love you. We appreciate you. We value you. And I want the church to know that they have walked this out with us on such a high, remarkable level of just being in our corner and just loving on us and supporting us. And so I just want to say thank you. Give the Smiths one more good hand this morning. Would you do that? It's been a great day, a, f a full day with one service outside, one service inside. Oh, wow. Well, we are so glad you've been in church today. And, you know, uh, this is usually the time in our service when we worship God with our giving. And there you'll see ways on the screen that you can do that. If you wish to give in person, there are envelopes on the chair backs and giving stations located on the sidewalls just before you exit. But we just want to say thank you for your continual faithfulness in giving here at the bridge. You are helping us make a difference here in our local community and around the globe through all of our missions efforts. And we are so incredibly grateful for you. So thank you for your giving. And before we head out, you saw the video in service earlier. Next Sunday night is team night. We are so excited about this. We only do this a couple times a year, and this is our night that we are going to be expressing appreciation to all of you who serve. We'll be having dinner, but it's far more than that. It is also a night of inspiration. We have a guest speaker. We are going to be sharing some important information about things happening here at the bridge from now till the end of the year. And if you serve anywhere at the Bridge Church in any capacity whatsoever, we are asking that you will make every effort 
effort to be here Sunday night, but we need you to get registered ASAP so we can get dinner ordered, all right? So get on the church app today, get you, your family registered so we can be prepared for you and your children as well, all right? And then remember, child dedication is coming up in two weeks on the 16th. You can register for that online as well, all right? Have an amazing week, and we will see you next Sunday. Sunday.